hi. Oh, hi. Is June there? It's either a cat or a stranger is in her house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was really, I was gunning for the cat because I was like, I don't know how to fix the stranger part. There's just a serial killer in there, but she's just a very friendly person. (laughs) Not my Midwest. (laughs) You have to greet all serial killers with a friendly wave and offer of a casserole. Or, sorry, a, a, a hot dish? A hot dish. Hot dish. You don't have casseroles there. I don't think she's well, listening. You're sorry, no, I got distracted by how cute my cat is. <laughs> I mean, I would be more afraid if a Midwestern serial killer came into my house than I would be if, like, a serial killer from, like, Tennessee came into my house. I mean, Midwestern serial killers include Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy. Well, no, I guess that's only an issue if you happen to be a young man so we're good you're too hairy for jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) anyways um welcome monster pod (laughs) we're finally back a podcast story um podcast in which travis will be played by a t-rex i guess all right anyway i'm emily (laughs) i'm your keeper of monsters secrets uh and all that other stuff. I don't know. It's been a while. And I'm Travis, your friendly neighborhood Bigfoot. I think Buddy is the friendly neighborhood. No, Big- Travis is now. Yeah. It, it changed. It's just, the line has been erased completely. <laughs> Travis is, inherently. I forgot that we do this. <laughs> you were walking a line like Ryan Reynolds versus Deadpool, and now that line is just gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> um, I'm Sarah. I play Thomason. She's... A spooky witch. <laughs> I'm Sadie. I play Jimmy. He's sweet Jimmy. <laughs> what is Jimmy now? Sweet dumbass. A man. Jimmy is a man at the end of his rope. <laughs> yep. He's a man at the end of his rope. That Emily, rope is are you going to give us like a previously on? Because I am sitting here realizing I don't remember. I think I remember Bree. Well, I also dog. don't remember anything, which is perfect for playing Buddy, because <laughs> Buddy definitely does not remember what they did last time. <laughs> um, can we have a plot contrivance where everybody suddenly has amnesia? <laughs> previously on Monster Pod. Thank God. Um, you guys showed up for work. And ended up in an interdimensional elevator with Lil Hicks and your good friend Luna from previous uh, seasons of Monster Pod. Um, you are now trapped in a house in what can only be described as a middle dimension. Not a lot there. Purgatory, essentially. Basically, it's kind of like a fancier version of the white space that uh, Lord Raiden takes them to in the new Mortal Kombat. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can touch you there. So many niche content pieces in this thing. So you have been tasked with rescuing your other good, good friend, Prince K, from his sister who has imprisoned him in another dimension for... Friend uh, Friend seems like a generous word. <laughs> also, we met his sister? No. Okay. No, he just talked about her. She has imprisoned him and taken... Um, his rubber ducky? No... God damn it, why can't I remember? Uh, the guy that you killed at the end of the last season. Oh, uh... Von Titties? Chadwick Von... Ch- Chadwick Von... No. Casper <laughs> Van Houten? Is that, a, person? Is that yeah. a real person? <laughs> Thanks, Sadie. Uh, yes, Prince K's sister has imprisoned him and is planning on resurrecting Van Titties. Um... <laughs> to wreak general <laughs> havoc over, uh, Earth and adjacent... Uh, your first mission took you to eh, Steampunk Chicago. Steampunk Vampire Chicago. I Steampunk I Vampire Chicago, where Thomason met someone who's definitely, certainly not related to her, despite being completely, fully related to her. <laughs> Just a lot of coincidences all in a row. But basically, you got caught in a lucky number 11 situation with warring vampire uh, <laughs> groups. And we definitely did the Kansas City shuffle. And Jimmy got his first job ever. <laughs> And then immediately fucked it up. Um, but you guys managed to do it. Thomason is now in possession of her great 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 grandmothers. Sure. I think it's I think it's great great or great grandmother. Regardless, you are in possession of a family spell book that has the first line of the spell needed to open a portal to Prince K's dimension. Uh, but you can't read it. Huzzah! Remind me, can she not? Can she not read it because it's in a different language, or because it turns out Thomason never went to school? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well I mean, her parents were She's super... She's been grifting from the age of five. I was just thinking her parents were super religious, so she was probably homeschooled, so... <laughs> That's entirely possible, actually. I haven't considered... No, wait, no. I think I wrote something in the back in her backstory about being in school, but regardless, um, <laughs> she was not a very good student, I can tell you that. She can't read it because it's in basically like a language that you can't really decipher is it indecipherable or like imperceivable i mean it's a series of like shapes and lines that don't look like english so like wing bats sort of except i yeah let's just say that it's in it's in wingdings <laughs> <laughs> So the person who wrote it as a five-year-old with Emma got it. That's a pretty good description of Prince K, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are at your middle ground purgatory safe house with Luna and Lil Hicks and Bree, who is a dog. That knowledge just came back to me very quickly. (laughs) It took my brain a few seconds to process what was just said. I can't believe this was like the one thing I remembered. I was taking out the trash today, and I was like, I'm looking forward to recording today. And I was like, Bree's a dog. I wonder if I can give Bree scritches in this episode. <laughs> Does she eat pepperoni or just the regular pepperonis? No, she she likes a good treat. Uh, she's mostly a peanut butter treat fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bree is an Irish setter, so... Okay, so it's a it's a couple weeks after your your vampire thing. Um, so you've had pretty much free reign of the house. It's giant library. It's you know unlimited food and endless nugs. Um, Lil Hicks has been working away in his little little workshop, coming up with fun new weapons for you guys. Um, he's not quite as talented as TJ, but if there's something specific you need, he can probably help you out. Luna has been in a lab, so she's there for that purpose. All right, what have you guys been up to? I guess Thomason has probably been, uh, you know, skimming through that spell book and maybe trying out a couple of things. Okay. For funsies. Uh, Thomason has started her journey towards becoming, uh, what is it, the Hex as opposed to the Spooky? Yes. Because she found out that basically her powers come from a different dimension. So that's why they're difficult for her to use. You're basically calling in forces through time and space, which is why you get headaches and nosebleeds and they're kind of unpredictable. That explains a lot and makes me tired just thinking about it. Jimmy. Jimmy has probably been just all up in that library because I assume it's like, I know you explained it, but in my mind, it's the library from Beauty and the Beast. So there's quite a bit. Yeah, it's somewhere between Beauty and the Beast and like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that house. So I picture all libraries Mm -hmm. as the library from Beauty and the Beast. Well, they should be. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy's been looking through the books and trying to figure out, um, just like taking taking stock of what they've got so that he can pull some shit out later when they need it. Uh roll plus sharp. I assume he's also been looking at the uh spell book as well. Oh. Wait, Thomas' yeah, spell book? Probably not. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, probably not as much because she wouldn't no. let him hear it. But. She, he's not touching it. It's my book. There's the there. line from the I mean the yeah, I showed him that. There. Okay. But like he doesn't get to read my book. It's my book. I just needed that first bit. <laughs> I rolled a, I rolled a nine. <laughs> okay. So you can tell that the language that is written in your spellbook is ancient, probably from the Mediterranean area, but it's not quite like anything that you've seen in the books. So it's close, but not quite. It's like if it was written in kanji, but you had only seen Mandarin before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And buddy, what have you been doing i'm afraid to ask <laughs> you should be <laughs> uh buddy made uh, a series of party subs and connected them uh with like their toppings so it made just one super 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 big party sub so it was like when you f- shuffle a deck of cards at the end of each yeah sandwich. and you kind of like get some like cheese and lettuce and things like crossing over so like the two sandwiches become one sandwich mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah and uh he connected every room of the house uh, with one big party sub and has just been kind of laying on the floor on his belly and just inchworming across like eating this party sub and just inchworming through the entirety of the house eating a sub like a snake yes and also uh buddy has now used more than half of his luck points so he is a little bit more bigfoot than he is buddy at this point 
<laughs> Despite having the opportunity to reset his And I luck. think Buddy is just about ready to realize that he's turning into Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Has this been completely unclear to him thus far? Oh, yeah. He's not aware that he actually turns into Bigfoot when he goes into battle mode. Someone should like, take he's a picture just, like, of him Adrenaline is rushing and he's just like running to save people. He doesn't have time to look down at his hands. So, Thomason has been reading her spellbook. Uh, Jimmy has been in the library. Uh, Buddy has made a big sandwich. And Buddy did, in fact, see everybody doing their stuff, because he just kind of, like, inchworm sandwiched along, like, like probably oh, can, over Jimmy's book. I can picture it cinematically, don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, that's what you open the episode yeah, I, on yeah. Buddy making the sub, and then he starts to eat it. And as he, eat, as he eats it, you get a montage of everything that's happened. Well, like a fun song from the yeah, 60s so or 70s place. The, the yeah. montage pretty much just follows Buddy and his sub, but in the Buddy and sub thing, we realize that everybody else has been very productive. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, yeah. winds through Luna's lab, and she has, like, beakers out, and it yeah. winds through Lil Hicks's, uh, like, shop, and, like, he's putting a big barrel on a gun or something. I don't know. You see, like, the past. And then there's just Buddy just, howm, howm. How? I'm just imagining something like Surfing the USA in the background, like something from that specific I had a song oeuvre. that I was going to pitch for this um, sequence. Please do. I hope you guys are ready for this. <laughs> I Bated breath. am very nervous. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, <laughs> and I feel like I'm stuffing. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm quitting yep. the podcast. Over this? This is the final this straw. I know. Funny. I'm surprised too, but this is what did it. And the, the montage is just like cuts of like mayonnaise being spread, Buddy's butt shaking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we making a podcast when we could be directing a movie? <laughs> Where is our Peacock original? <laughs> So it's been about two weeks since your vampire incident, so all of you have healed up. Did anyone um, level up last time and gain a new move or um, equivalent? Nah. I am one whoopsie away from leveling okay, up. Okay, so is Thomason. Yeah. I finally got some charm. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> it's taken three seasons, but, you know, two seasons. So we're looking at, what, like half an ounce of charm in all of Jimmy? Pretty much, yeah. All right. So, Thomason. You are, let's say, in your room, maybe hanging out with your crystal ball. As you do. Yes, as as one does when they have a crystal ball. I have um, a crystal ball. Is that like a new thing? <laughs> yeah, you've had it. It was your gift from Kay. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because Jimmy got an armored leather jacket and yeah. a cane. Thomason, you got a crystal ball. And Buddy got the infinite nugs. Buddy yeah, got yeah, infinite. Yeah. But you all got... um. Something useful. Oh, I got the fanny pack of holding. Yeah, uh, Buddy got the fanny pack of holding. Uh, Thomason, you're sitting, you're looking at your crystal ball. You notice uh, that it starts to like cloud up with purple smoke. Um, and I'm going to need you to roll plus weird. Haha, <laughs> double sixes. So 15. All right. Damn. So whatever the mystery is, I have solved it. I saw it all in my crystal ball. You, you have, saw like, us at the end of the mystery solving everything and like have, getting the award from the town mayor. You have like a <laughs> uh, Guy Ritchie style, like slow motion bullet time <laughs> play out of the entire thing. And so everything that now follows will be Thomason's vision. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wake up and realize it all took place in a snow globe because Thomason's crystal balls actually just. <laughs> Snow <laughs> Is that why I have to shake it up before I use it? It's just a Cincinnati Zoo snow globe. <laughs> you stare deep into your crystal ball, um, and through the purple haze, you see a group of well-dressed people sitting around a table at a nice restaurant. Uh, a man at the head of the table looks like he is giving a toast, and he goes to sit down, and then you see a flash of bright light and hear a prolonged farting sound. So Buddy is there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your that's your vision. Wow. That's a perfect vision? Yeah. This is the most right. useless one yet. 
Is it useless or do you just not know the context? I mean, she does assume Buddy is there. <laughs> like, were I Thomas and I would look around the room to see if he's just there. <laughs> see, like, if that was a, like, in-room fart and not an in-globe fart. It's like when you're listening to the song and you can't tell if the sirens are coming from the song or if... <laughs> or if a cop is gonna get you. There's a cop behind you asking you to pull over your couch. (laughs) (laughs) And as that vision and the farting noise fade away, you hear a vibrating sound coming from, I assume, your nightstand. Is that where my phone is? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go there either. What Thomason does in the privacy of her own room (laughs) is between Thomason and her vibrating... It's definitely what it it seemed like you meant. Not. I had a clear vision of what was happening and it did not evolve. I mean, little Higgs is right there. Um, Okay. So, Thomason, you hear a vibrating coming from wherever you keep your Olive Garden um, table sensor. Oh, I forgot you had that thing, too. She keeps it right underneath her dildo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so, yes. Duh. Thomason, what do you do? I go pick it up. I forgot what this thing does. <laughs> it's the garage I mean, door I know opener. It, I know it's supposed to like, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Because so when it vibrates, it's ready to like take us somewhere. So then we got to go to the garage and... uh can we say that Buddy's sandwich ended in the car, and as everybody is getting there, he's taking the last few bites of sandwich just right into the back seat of the car? He's going to have to gear up. Or does he just wear a he's, fanny pack? He has a fanny pack of holding and four pockets on his cargo pants. He is geared up always. Okay. He's also a Bigfoot. Like, he is the gear. Yeah, my gear is pretty much uh, like a, a multi-tool. And the various snacks and other random things that I have in my pockets. Your, like, med pack and everything. Yeah, I don't have any real weapons. Fair enough. (laughs) I also say, Thomason probably doesn't let everybody know right away. Like, she probably goes and, like, takes a shower and, like, does her hair and, like, (laughs) just, like, I'm gonna have to, like, go do some shit. I'm gonna, like, get ready beforehand. And (laughs) so Thomason is just taking her sweet time. Yeah, she's gonna be ready to go. And when she's ready to go, then we'll go. Okay, dad. I very much assume it's a dad mode of like, she's getting ready and then she just appears next to you and it's like, okay, are we going? And it's like, going where? <laughs> where did you come from? Why are you wearing lipstick? <laughs> yeah. Did you do Did you shower? <laughs> Doesn't know when she's going to be able to shower next. So yeah, she's going to fucking shower before she goes on whatever stupid magic adventure she needs to go on next. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, eventually she goes like, finds Jimmy and like shows him the thing and like, ugh, we gotta go do a thing. Clearly Jimmy and Thomason have the same like <laughs> lack of communication that Sarah and I have, but it works. <laughs> do you guys need to stop by and see any of your other team before you pack up and head out? We may as well see if they've got any like goodies for yeah, us. Say, we don't know where we're going. It's kind of hard to plan ahead, but I might as well check in. Little dicks tuck any uh, uh, weapons into I my fanny pack when I was some. eating through that room. I also said we just don't talk to Buddy at all. Like, we'll grab him on the way out. <laughs> no, I told you, he, his sandwich ends in the car. Like, he's just yeah. going to get there. Like, perfect comedic timing. All right. So, <laughs> if Buddy is going to stop by and see Lil Hicks. Um, well, it was just like while he was eating the sandwich. Yeah, like, I mean, did Lil Hicks have anything for him and just, like, tuck it into his pockets as he was eating past him? Well, yeah. He heard that in the last mystery, you tried to use wooden toothpicks to kill vampires. <laughs> So he made you a set of steel toothpicks that have, like, wooden tips. So let's say silver toothpicks with wooden tips. So they're applicable for many, many supernatural creatures. Literally, though, just, like, little toothpicks? But he said, thanks for the chopsticks, and just threw them into his pocket. Yeah, they're, like, the little toothpicks that are shaped like pirate swords. There's, like, four of them. (laughs) It's very small. Yeah. But uh, Buddy is very thankful for the uh, the sandwich holder togetherers that he has. <laughs> <laughs> Luna sees you guys packing up. She has like a, a bag that kind of looks like like one of those steamer trunks that you like open upright, and it has like stuff hanging in it. That style of trunk. Oh yeah. Um, and she has like a little glass vial of 
You know, like the bath oils that you used to get that came in like whale shapes and they were full of, of bath oil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And they would dissolve in the hot water. Yeah. It's a little oh. vial of those. <laughs> I thought um, we were going to so get she... matching uniforms, but that that's cool, too. <laughs> well, no, she hands Jimmy the vial and says, um, this is like an advanced painkiller that I have developed. Uh, I haven't really tested it a lot, so it might be kind of unpredictable. Um, but if you pop one of these, it should cure up any minor cuts and bruises. Um, but, it, you know, if you could just do me a favor and she hands you, like, a notepad and a pen. She's like, if you experience any other side effects, can you write them down, please? <laughs> oh, boy, I'm very excited to try these. Yeah, so for those, if you pop one, it will cure up to two harm, but you do have to roll to see <laughs> if you experience any side effects. Okay. How many did she give me? Uh, six. Are they whale shaped? Surprisingly, yes. She didn't want to... That strikes me as something Luna would do. And then in the trunk, she says, this has a variety of different costumes in it. Um, I know you guys had some trouble <gasps> last time, so <laughs> I I went up to the attic of the house and weirdly found some stuff. I don't know what's in there. It's almost like when you reach into the trunk, you'll have to roll uh, to see... <laughs> how useful the how items close you pull you out. <laughs> Is it like Mr. Dress-Up's tickle trunk? Like... <laughs> uh well it's not a pedophile trunk he wasn't um, a pedophile is mr dress up uh, a canadian thing yeah i yep well uh, most of our listeners are canadian so they'll get they'll it. get it they'll understand that he wasn't a pedophile he's one of the the last good ones we got <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's what you've been uh set up with for this uh trip you have no idea where you're going the thing has been vibrating i assume for the last two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably let's go as you leave, you see Brie in the uh, the big formal dining room with a ball that she is flinging against the wall and having it bounce back to her and then <laughs> flinging it against the wall. Is she playing fetch with herself? Yes. The saddest thing I've ever heard. Are we neglecting Brie? Can we on the way out get little Higgs to like build her something so that like, <laughs> oh, like a little like ball launcher thing she could like drop exactly. the ball in there and it'll like launch it. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a real thing that mission, exists. Mission paused. We need to <laughs> we all see that as we're in the, the truck ready to go we all get very guilty and then someone has to go back the legs. buddy is in the middle of making her like the absolute best dog dinner that's ever existed which is hopefully people dinner yeah it's got like pizza in it and like everything i don't know what you're making them where pizza is an ingredient but uh in that fridge it is you told us it's a magic fridge Something like that. <laughs> I reached into the pizza drawer and there was a pizza. <laughs> <sighs> Gonna work on patenting the buddy's fantasy fridge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you you ask Lil Hicks to come up with some toys for, for Bree. And he says that um, he will and that he'll take her out for walkies later. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> what, what, are you bringing anything else? Oh, the usuals. Yeah, just our, like, usual weapons. and The such. weapons they usually have on you? Yeah, I imagine we've got, like, a yeah. go bag. Yeah, and the Jeep comes pre-equipped with, like, there's a stun gun in the uh, glove compartment and some vials of holy water in the, like, fold-down <laughs> mirror in the passenger side. Like, strapped to the little visor? Yeah, like, CD holders that you used to get to put on your um, visor, but it's, <laughs> like, little vials of holy water. You're in the car, and... uh. Thomason, do you press the the button yes, to open Eddie. the? You press the button, and there's the swirling gray mist of, you know, between the worlds, um, outside of the the garage door, and you drive into it, and you experience that same feeling of kind of weightless being nowhere, as you did the the last time you traveled, uh, but only for a brief moment before the car comes to an abrupt stop, and you are temporarily blinded by sunlight. You, when things come back into focus, you see that you are in a in like in the a large indoor pond in some kind of giant white stone temple in the jeep <laughs> in the jeep the jeep is parked between the main floor which is roped off from the water by a gold fence that's about four feet high and there's a sort of island in the middle of the pond uh with you know the water surrounding it and the water it comes up to just under your car doors on the island is a statue of a bearded man with a spiky crown sitting on a throne, and one hand is on the arm of the throne, and the other is raised in a fist, almost as if it is supposed to be holding something. A trident? Because that's Poseidon? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Buddy says that from the back of the car, and everyone's like, 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Before you guys can get too comfortable, a loud siren starts up and the metal and metal gates on the only archway out of the room slam closed. Great. This is perfect. I love this. Um so we should exit the Jeep and I don't know, at least prepared for what's coming. I assume we're in some sort of museum type thing and there's security coming. No, nothing? Just- I'm just letting you explore the world. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we should probably get out of the Jeep. I don't want to be trapped in the Jeep when the cops come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume it's rent-a-cops. Like, it's not like real know. life. Probably the next time that we go back to the house, we should see if Lil Hicks can make us, like, some sort of, like, psychic tarp paper that we can oh. throw over the Jeep that's, like, essentially psychic paper, but, like, oh, like a little, like... Like an invisibility yeah, cloak? Like- but it kind of, like... But it like adapts to its environment, so we just like throw our little magic blankie that over would be it. Useful. I mean, he is a man, not a magician, but we'll see. <laughs> he can invent things. We're also in like an interdimensional safe house. I feel like there's there are materials, certainly. <laughs> he can make a magic blanket. Well, I guess write that down. <laughs> Buddy is extremely lucid today. <laughs> like mama from raising hope <laughs> like noticing things coming up with shit uh so you guys are getting out of the the jeep yeah let's do that yes yeah all right so the siren is still going off and as you guys are shutting the doors to the jeep uh two people a very tall woman and a very short chubby man appear at the gate and they're both wearing the same like calf length dark blue uh chitin which is like a toga but the greek mm-hmm. version just picture whatever you know they were wearing hercules and there you go hercules got it i was just gonna say it's the two like demon people but in their human form things <laughs> Shit. That, yeah that's that's like that's exactly what was in my headspace when you said that they came in before you even said hercules <laughs> so pain and panic roll up to the <laughs> um and they're wearing the same dark blue clothing with a white belt and some kind of gold baton hanging from the belt um, and the man begins to unlock the gate while the woman draws her baton and holds it up. Sparks fly from the end of it, and you realize that it's some form of very pretty stun gun. Uh, so he opens the gate, and they slide in and lock the gate behind them and start to advance on you, both holding their batons. And the woman says, don't move. We don't But he move. very slowly brings his joint to his mouth and takes another puff off of it. <laughs> I have to assume this is like a sativa. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. But he got himself a good thinking weed. Anyways, <laughs> what what do you guys do? Freeze. Smoke Literally. weed. I take two puffs I mean, and then I like very slowly like put it in her direction. I will say my initial reaction was fighting back somehow, but maybe maybe that is a little rash, and maybe just maybe we put our hands up and just see how this plays out before we start. A fight, maybe. <laughs> Are you saying this out loud? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mostly Jimmy. <laughs> Buddy is still just like holding the joint out, like to see if she wants some. <laughs> and as soon as she's not responding to it, passes it over to Thomason. <laughs> <laughs> Who politely passes it on to Jimmy. So the man and the woman are are at the gold gate, the like the gold fence that, that blocks off the basically the moat. That you guys are in, um, with the water coming up to, I guess, Buddy's knees, but, like, probably closer to, like, butt height for the other two. <laughs> like, are we in the water? Or are You're we in on... the water. Like, the Jeep's... I thought we were on, like, a little island. I No, there's an island next to you, but you're... the Jeep was parked between, uh... in the moat. Well, that's uncomfortable. Yes. Hope no one wore jeans. Jimmy 100% wore jeans. Um, <laughs> Wet denim for the rest of the mystery. <laughs> yep. Um, Jimmy realizing that he's standing in butt deep water is like, we will continue to not move, but we would like to not be standing in the water if that's cool with you. So we'll just like take a couple steps over to yeah. this island. Uh, the man and woman look at each other and then look back at you and they say, Come towards the gate and climb over. Do not step on the island. Okay. Resisting the urge to step on the island, Thompson does his request. I know, to immediately just, like, put my foot on it. And Buddy just immediately looks down at his feet to make sure that he's not stepping on anything that could be an island. (laughs) It's like being a DM for three Ace Venturas. (laughs) I mean, yeah, basically. (laughs) 
I, I would say that's quite a bit of restraint from all three of us. Or two Ace Venturas and a Mr. Bean. We had Bean. to think about it. <laughs> but we didn't do it. You guys climb over the gates. Yes. Yeah, uh, everyone roll plus cool to see how well you climb over the four-foot gate. Oh, Buddy, you get advantage because... I don't even know what advantage means in this game. You just get to roll twice and take the better one. It's the same thing it means in D&D. Uh, I got a seven. I got a 13, so I think I just backflip over it. Yeah, buddy, you just, like, <laughs> lift a foot up. Like, I just somehow, like, I don't even use my arms. My toes just kind of, like, go into the thing, and I just kind of, like, walk up it a little bit while I'm still smoking my joint. Yeah, because you have to assume, like, the water is about two feet, three feet deep, and then four foot of fence, so. Yeah, I just kind of just walk up the fence somehow, still smoking a joint. Uh, Jimmy, you managed to climb over. Um, it's, you know, it's standard. Nothing special. You don't look too stupid when you get to the top and have to roll over. Thomas and you got a seven. You do look stupid when you try to yeah, like, get no. over the top of the fence. <laughs> like you have to kick your leg over and you get like stuck for a second and you're gripping on like you're a uh, upside down sloth. This And I think Buddy probably reaches out a hand to offer you assistance and you absolutely no. do not take it. Just like even like a <laughs> smack that hand away sort of situation. Thomason has never done a pull up in her life, so this all tracks. <laughs> so yeah you kind of slide back down the other side of the fence and it's it's not great so the man and the woman are still like they have their batons up they don't see you as too much of a threat <laughs> um, but the woman stares you down it's like where is it is it in your vehicle i pass the joint where- again just like with a confused look on my face, just like, it's here. We <laughs> don't have whatever it is. I'm pretty sure we don't we, have I mean, we whatever just it is got you're here. looking for. I, yeah, you can maybe see the car. Yeah. So would you like to explain why you were the only two people in the temple, or the only three people in the temple? <sighs> What's your understanding of like... So which one of us this? doesn't count in this world? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, they either hate women or they hate monsters. Buddy is invisible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you just convinced Buddy that he's invisible. Thomas you are the <laughs> only three people in the temple right now. The trident is missing. The alarms are going off. It it seems very likely that you know where it is because you're the ones who stole so- it. If you knew us at all, you would understand that this is very on brand, that we are just in like the absolute wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> um, but we didn't steal your trident. I can I can. Are promise. you talking about the, the, the thing from the statue? Because that was gone when we got here. Both of you roll manipulate someone. <laughs> Eight. Helpfully. Ten. <laughs> With my new charm. <laughs> Sadie, what's your charm modifier? I'm curious. Is it one? One. <laughs> so that was a ten, ten for Jimmy and an eight for Thomason. Yep. They they look at they look at Thomason and they don't quite believe you. And then they turn to Jimmy, and they'll say, "Did you see anyone when you arrived?" So there was a very blinding light. So we were just ever so slightly blind when we first got here. So no. And I know that sounds suspicious, but I honest truth. Did we Buddy see. thinking he's found the exact answer they were looking for. It's like, yeah, we saw you guys. Uh, they kind of look at each other again, and the woman like holsters her baton. She's like, for some reason, I don't feel as though the three of you could pull off this sort of heist with all of really the security is. that we have in place. And if it was us, everything would be on fire. Yeah, we've tried to do a heist before, and it went okay, but but not really. <laughs> Very generous use of the word okay. We didn't get the thing, right? <laughs> Which time? We've never failed any missions. We've just it wasn't, disappointed. Didn't we have to like pounds. heist a necklace last time? <laughs> disappointed or decimated? I <laughs> <laughs> um, the man follows suit and, and holsters his baton. He's like, what are your names and where did you come from? Because, and he looks you guys up and down, you aren't from here. Oh, it's a complicated question. Again, your understanding of quantum physics is... <laughs> Better than you'd think? Huh. Uh, interdimensional travel? <laughs> Interesting. Have you seen the movie Mortal Kombat? <laughs> it's kind of like the white space that Raiden takes their people to. <laughs> 
everybody is just waiting for the instant look of recognition on their faces. You got nothing. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> Buddy is still waiting for it. <laughs> Jimmy, give us a moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Good job. <laughs> they they kind of frown at the at the thought, but it's not like like when you tell someone that you've seen an alien. There's not just that immediate like sure. <laughs> Buddy also has that truthiness thing where people just kind of like believe what he said, or they think he's crazy. They either believe me or they think I'm crazy, which they I think these guys are leaning a little bit what's, think I'm crazy. what's going on. Um, and she said, okay. And that large, strange vehicle is is your sort your uh, method of travel? Yeah, kind of. Pretty much. Between the Jeep and the magical garage door opener, that kind of gets us where we need to go. We really can't tell anybody this ever again. I just and- like hearing the words. It's just, it's not great. <laughs> and why? I don't even think they have garages. No. And if they do have garages, they don't have doors. Why did you come here? <laughs> so there's this Olive Garden thing. <laughs> have you been to an Olive Garden? Apparently we're family here? <laughs> no, that was only true in the last mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. Somebody could be family here. This is more of a uh, Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood situation. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so so the thing vibrates in her nightstand. That thing right Thompson, there. Thompson like holds it up with this and one. waves it around. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we open the garage door and then we go through a portal in the jeep and then now we're here but you don't have a reason we don't we don't get a lot of choice in the matter there's there's not real there's no like briefing it's just it just kind of happens and we have to roll with it which historically is not great for us but our boss is kind of a dog and she doesn't really do briefs anymore oh it's a very rude thing to say about a person no <laughs> She's not a person. No, she like she she's literally literally a dot. We're gonna end up in an insane asylum right now. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, everyone... I don't want to end up in like an ancient Roman insane asylum. No, That's everyone... not gonna be a good place. I do love how it 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 hasn't occurred to us to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's ever occurred to Buddy to lie. Everyone will manipulate someone again. <laughs> Oh, that's not better. Uh, I got an 11. Uh, I rolled a 12, which you had me roll manipulate somebody, which now means that these people are allies. good, because I rolled a 7. <laughs> well, that's because good. I have the advanced move. Like, like they love me now. <laughs> okay, so even without Jimmy's roll, which I assume wasn't great. Yeah, it was a 7. <laughs> it's not a fail, but not great. The the woman, uh, she points to herself, and she's like, I'm Irene, and she points to her uh, small Danny DeVito-looking... <laughs> partner it, no danny devito played that <laughs> yeah <sighs> it's like kate blanchett and danny devito <laughs> that uh, is the casting i need to see in a hollywood <laughs> movie immediately oh man it's the it's the new adaptation of twins it might be more of a, a gwendolyn christie danny devito situation <laughs> even better um, uh and then she points to the the man she's like this is my partner hector um we're Part of the peacekeeping department, clearly law enforcement, theft prevention, but that didn't go so well. Um, we're going to need you to come with us. Uh, we have some questions for you. Yeah, we'll figure this out. Where? Uh, they both look very worried. One final question. Where exactly is hmm. this? Uh, this is the Temple of Poseidon. Oh, buddy. Keep smoking whatever that is. <laughs> um, it's called uh, Atlantan Weed. On brand. <laughs> yes, you're in the the Temple of Poseidon, the main energy source for the city of Atlantis. Um, well, it was the the trident is missing, so you know that's not good. Wait, did did you say Atlantis? Yes. But he's like, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> Completely mistaking it for Atlantis. <laughs> Not mistaking it for the the chain of resorts. I just assumed he was thinking Las Vegas. I the actual city, or just like he went through the airport once. He had a connection. I uh, know he actually stayed there for a, a while. Yeah, his hotel had a really nice pool, so it might be that part of it. I don't know. This could be a fancier hotel than he was at. Okay, so I can't change the title of the episode to reveal it. But welcome to Spear and Joking in Lost Atlantis. <laughs> 
I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> uh, fun new drinking game. Is that the second or third time you That's quit the this second, episode? and I feel like this is a drinking game for listeners. Every time Sarah says she's quitting the podcast, you have to take a shot. I, we could have cut out that last time I quit. Who knows? Now Emily has to keep it. <laughs> so this is going to be like a three-hour intro to like a two-minute episode. <laughs> it's gonna be like the fucking Hobbit movies where it should have been one episode, but it's stretched out into three because there's all the extra shit. <laughs> they had to take stuff from different books and just invent stuff entirely. I think at the end of Return of the King, where it goes to black like five times and your bladder is bursting, and yeah, <laughs> she says yes, you're in Atlantis. I mean, I can't really explain much more than that. Uh, if you're not from around here, it might help to to take you outside. So they they keep a very close eye on you, because technically you were at a scene of a crime when it was being committed, so... That's fair. You're not totally off the hook. Um, But they lead you outside. As you you exit this very, like, Grecian temple, um, because there's basically just that back room with the giant pond where the trident lives, and then kind of an antechamber, and then you exit onto the street. And the city that you see is basically a very tall cylinder so you can look up through about six levels of like nice marble and stone city that stretches upward and you see a dome with a bright blue sky outside of it um and then you can look down through a small lake it's like you're in a big mall (laughs) so you can look down down uh through kind of like a porthole in the center of a grassy median uh that traffic is going around oh yeah so basically it's a mall of america sure (laughs) Are there fish doing shopping? No. Did Did you know the Mall of America is owned by Canadians? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I have never loved a piece of information more than I do this. Have I not I told you this before? No. Yeah, the, whatever company owns and operates the Mall of America is That's based in Canada. Amazing. Anyway, when you look down through the like center median, you can see down another uh, five or six floors, and then at the bottom is just another blue circle you can see more sky is it sky or is it water i said sky so i'm pretty sure it's sky (laughs) there's clouds and shit interesting okay the people on the sidewalks are wearing varying colors and styles of the same general toga-y chitin-y garment um with various varieties of sandals and fancy cloaks um the streets are paved with a smooth gray stone and electric-powered chariots are moving about with people in them, but they're not driving them. And uh, some people are talking into cell phone-like objects while some people are sitting outside cafes holding white tablets that project words and images like tiny computers from a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of all, you notice how clean it is, um, as well as multiple glass elevators that ride up and down from several places on the level into the ceiling, which has the same blue sky from way up projected onto the ceiling of the the floor. See, this is what's confusing me about the sky, is that Atlantis is traditionally underwater. (laughs) It is not underwater yet, because I'm assuming this is a dimension where it didn't... (gasps) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because Atlantis was lost to the sea. This is before it done got lost. Oh, no. We probably got to find this very good fork, so that way it doesn't... Oh, no. Oh, I'm very concerned now. Um, so H- <laughs> Hector and I... Re- I think all of this was out loud in front yeah. of these people. We basically turned up at Pompeii before the volcano erupts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's Harrington. Oh, no, shit. This episode directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> so Hector and Irene load you guys into their big chariot. It's a... It's very long. It's a stretch chariot, if so you will. So many dick jokes up in this episode. People. I can't even know where to start. So I got one of those, like, fold-down third-row seats. We can put Buddy back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they notice you kind of having this Atlantis discussion uh, behind them. So as you guys are traveling, they say, um, well, actually, uh, the, the city of Atlantis, I guess you guys have, have one as, as well. Um I don't really want to get into that. That sounds very... Buddy just goes, had! <laughs> um, several hundred years ago, we, we had a bit of a disagreement with Poseidon, and uh, some, some threats were made. Uh, but at the last minute, he changed his mind and uh, bestowed on us his, his trident, which keeps the city of Atlantis hovering m- miles above 
the the planet. So welcome to the floating city of Atlantis. Space Atlantis. <laughs> the upper atmosphere Atlantis. It's the upper atmosphere Atlantis. It's the stratosphere Atlantis. So is the, the, the top sky more just space and the bottom sky is just regular sky? Sort of. <gasps> but he's just lying on his back staring at space sky. <laughs> You're about the same height up as if you were on, like, a commercial airline. What what was stolen was the, the trident that Poseidon gave us to keep our city in the air. So, as you can imagine, it's not uh, in its spot. That's so bad. Yes. You guys should find that thing <laughs> real quick. Or do you guys have, like, some, like, helium tanks? We could just start, like, attaching, like, balloons to the side. Have you guys seen the movie Up? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it city style. But he's still blowing up balloons. He doesn't have helium breath. But he does not get why they're not working. <laughs> uh, so they drive the, the chariot into one of the large elevators, and it uh, zips you upward a couple a couple floors, and you back out of it and keep driving for a few more minutes until you park outside of a large... All the buildings are that kind of like white stone, like very clean, very nice. You park outside of a large building with people going in and out, um, and you enter a revolving glass door to a massive gold and marble atrium. It's busy. There are other peacekeepers escorting, you know, shady looking people around to to back rooms um, and, you know, talking. It's a police station. (laughs) Um, At the other end of the room from the entrance is a glass top desk with a woman behind it. And based on her movements, you can tell that she's definitely not actually a human. In in what? She a robot? (sighs) She's an android. Um, behind her are a series of transparent tubes that lead up into the ceiling and wrap around everywhere. Smaller, like, cylinders are flying through those tubes. Uh, Hector and Irene escort you onto an elevator up to what you see is the third floor, and you're escorted past rows of desks uh, into a pretty standard uh, interrogation room where the woman sits you down at a table. It says, I, for some reason, believe that you did not steal the trident, but I need you to tell me absolutely everything. So we kind of already did. We were here for like yeah. not even a minute before y'all busted in. So you didn't see anything. You didn't see the the trident. You didn't see who took it. You don't have we any. Have we missed nothing. all of it, buddy. We're pretty good at finding stuff out, though. We're just like a team of Hufflepuffs. Do you guys have Hufflepuffs here? Uh, I know we're not, but we're we're very <laughs> good finders. So you know, they look very disappointed, and they kind of go to a corner and like talk amongst amongst themselves and. When they're doing so, a, a man in a lighter blue outfit enters with a, pr- a plain brown box that he uh, sits down on the table and says, um, someone left this at the front desk, and it was addressed to the three strangely dressed people. So, uh, I, I don't like this already. Yeah, that never <laughs> ends well for us. So Irene kind of like looks at the box, and she's like, well, who left it? And she said, the, the man at the reception desk... Um, he kind of looked like three kids in a big overcoat. <laughs> Hector asks, why didn't anybody stop him? And the man just shrugs. He's like, to be fair, sir, it's not illegal to be three kids in a big coat. <laughs> so they just motion for him to leave. And Irene nudges the box towards you and she says, well, it is addressed to you. So you should be the ones t- to open it, I think. But he opens it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, he loves presents. Inside the box is a white paper bag with a fancy logo that looks like a fish holding a, a frying pan stamped on it. And uh, do you open the bag? I think Buddy's going to have to roll act under pressure not to just open the bag and upend it into his mouth thinking that it is a bag of like fish snacks. Like It's like a bag of like, yeah, I think I'm going to have to roll. I, say, I assume it's some kind that. of food and that Buddy will want to eat it. Oh, that's not mm-hmm. a good roll. Oh. <laughs> Well, you try, but two bulkier packages fall out and just hit you in the face before falling back to the uh, the table. Okay, it, it's a seven, not a complete failure. If it was a complete failure, then I would have leveled up. <laughs> in the in the bag, there is one of those like white takeout boxes that contains a pita stuffed with what you are going to have to roll plus sharp for everybody. Oh no! <laughs> Five. No, wait, six. Four. Still not great. 
Buddy's having a very lucid day. That's an 11 on plus sharp. So, Buddy, um, <laughs> due to you being Buddy, you can tell that inside that white box is a pita stuffed with an olive tapenade and chunks of goat cheese. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> there was. <laughs> There's also a bottle... You do realize that I am a cursed being whose curse is to eat everything in front of him. I have endless hunger as a curse of my bigfootedness. Also rolls out is a can of uh, cool sea breeze scent air freshener and a plastic toy trident. So there's a can of air freshener and a toy trident. Yeah. (laughs) What was it before Buddy ate it? It was uh, an appetizer of pita stuffed with olive tapenade and goat cheese. It was very delicious. That's not good. Could have shared, but that's fine, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, there's no note or anything in it otherwise? Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, no, no. Can I pick up the trident, little toy trident, and investigate a mystery? Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's a nine. You get one question about it, but since we're doing it different style, it doesn't have to be from the list. What is it? It's about a six-inch-long plastic toy trident, like maybe one that was from a gift shop at the temple you were at. Does it do anything when I pick it up and wave it around? Does it sparkle? I, I don't know. It makes a noise. Ooh, cool. We could probably have a really fun sword fight if I pull out one of my little sword toothpicks and you have your little trident. Jimmy's going to look at Hector and Irene. Um, this bag, is this from a restaurant? It's like a, like a well-known restaurant. Do you know where this is from? They lean in and and kind of look at it, and Hector says, I think this is the logo of a restaurant on the, on how, which level is it on? I want to say the seventh or eighth level, you know, one of the nicer parts of town. And it's called Tuna and Fry. <laughs> and much like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, there's a puff of smoke, <laughs> and you hear a whoop, <laughs> and you do not see Buddy. There's a Buddy pickle on the door. Buddy is at the restaurant, and you can find him there. <laughs> well, I guess that's where we're going. <laughs> As they keep looking at it, Irene is like, no, I think that it's on the 13th level. So it is. That's a really nice part of town. Buddy is on the 8th or 9th floor, and he is investigating every restaurant till he finds Hilarious. it. Hilarious. <laughs> because like... he did not hear the clarification. <laughs> All right, so you guys, I guess, are going to head out. Um... I have one more question about the air freshener. Yes. Is this like a standard brand in Atlantis, or? Um, it looks like it. I don't, I'm not, like. I want to make sure it wasn't like a, you know, they're like, we've never seen this fucking thing before, what the fuck is for breeze? do you know what I mean? No, it's, it's not like in Loki, where the gum is weird. It's just, yeah, like a can of generic air, air freshener. Got it. So I guess we're going to the 13th level. Do we, should we chain? I think we have some stuff in Lost and Found that we can. We can do for you that if we can go back to our our vehicle, we have a trunk that might help us. Oh yeah, I mean we can we can stop there. It's it's on the way up. So they lead you out of the station, and as you're you're heading back towards their extra long police chariot, peacekeeper chariot, I guess. Um, you notice a little bit up the road that there are some flashing lights, and it what what looks like a uh, some sort of vehicular accident. Roll plus sharp. Yeah. All of you. I mean, Buddy, Buddy doesn't here. know how to get around. <laughs> Buddy then, made it to the lobby. <laughs> I got a nine. Then Buddy comes across this as he's running back to realize that he both does not have whatever form of currency they use in Atlantis. And that, I don't know, he, he had to come back for some reason. Uh, oh, it was sharp? Yeah. Yeah, eight. Okay. Uh, what did you guys get? I got a seven. Okay. So all of you can tell that the the ground around this this accident, which seems to be just one car or one chariot, is the ground is just covered with banana peels. Like with no bananas, just banana peels? Just banana peels. And it, it looks like it's being tended to by law enforcement and um, some sort of emergency medical thing. So you guys don't stop. Um, and you head back up to the temple where your car is still parked. And, uh, yeah, so you guys... We're just gonna in- roll on past this fucking Mario Kart situation? It's <laughs> it's not part of what you're doing, and it's already being taken care of by other other officials. Okay. I mean, if you want to, like, take a, more of a peek, like, we can definitely stop, but... 
Buddy's going to check out those banana peels, see if there's any bananas left. I just, I feel like... Roll investigate a mystery? Yeah. Seven. Eight. Thomason? Oh, I didn't roll. Thomason does not care. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, can we go? Uh, there are no bananas in sight, um, and there's one man on a stretcher who's being loaded up into, like, an EMT chariot. Um, he's still moving, but he looks pretty banged up. Buddy joins Team Thomas in realizing there's no bananas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy points to, like, the whole scene and, like, looks at Hector and, and I mean, is this a normal occurrence? Are there just banana peels just hanging out? Um, no, we'll have to, to ask... What what happened when we get back? I mean, this. I mean, we have you know accidents, but I don't think any of them have been fruit based. <laughs> no drive by fruitings. No drive by fruitings. Besides, that was an orange. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan nowhere to be seen. All right, I guess I will pique my curiosity later. <laughs> All right, you guys are back at the uh, the jeep. What are you gonna do? Uh, Open bring out that trunk. trunk yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everybody roll plus cool. That's my worst one. Actually, it's my second worst one. Eight. Seven. Five. (laughs) (laughs) You level up now. That leveled me up. Yeah. (laughs) You uncooled your way to being better at something. (laughs) Okay. Jimmy, you had an eight? (laughs) Yep. Okay, so Jimmy reaches into the trunk. And he manages to pull out, you know, like a standard chitin situation. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not like the most flattering color on you. <laughs> Is it bright yellow? It's more of a buttery yellow. Oh, it's kind of a nice color. Maybe not on Jimmy, but he doesn't have the. <laughs> you know, he's definitely he a have the coloring for it. This is more of a spring. Um, <laughs> and the you know, and you find like a belt. Uh, that you can hook hook your things to. So you came out all right. You keep your sneakers on, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, buddy, you got a seven? Yeah. Yours? Oh, God, I just realized what I what think it that is. what it has to be is it would be a perfect toga if I was still buddy height. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> it's it's in, in Get Over It where Cisco is a... He's in the play at the last minute, so he's wearing, like, the top toga part, but he still has his cargo shorts on under it. <laughs> um, this is the deepest cut we have ever featured. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere Taylor is just raising his hand slowly over his head in triumph. Put your head, hand down, little Steve. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it fits Buddy as a shirt. But you definitely have to keep your pants and your fanny pack on. I think on. Buddy like reached in there, grabbed that, found that shirt, and was still looking around for the time period pants, but couldn't find them. So just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> just accepted like, that was in fact a shirt, like not supposed to be the entire clothes. And Thomason, um, you reach in and you find a pair of jelly sandals. <gasps> so <laughs> that's the failure. This is the best possible outcome. Like teal sparkly jelly sand. You know, your feet are going to smell awful by the end. Actually, yeah, Thomason would absolutely hate this. I personally love it. Wear them with socks. (laughs) Uh, So you pull out a pair of jelly sandals, and then you can only find, uh, amidst the various clothing, you can only find a large puce-colored sheet. Puce is like a red. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a purpley red, like red color. Now everyone take a second and Google puce and <laughs> maybe has to do some uh, creative draping, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you find that and some like chip clips in there. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so like a, like an aerial fresh out of the water situation. There's pretty much, except puce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, puce is pretty, it's a nice color. I know it sounds terrible, but like. I think it's because most people like when they hear puce think chartreuse. Instead. Are they think puke? No, I think... Yeah, I was thinking it was a fancy French version of puking. Oh, I puced. (laughs) (laughs) No, the first time I heard puce was in Harry Potter when it was used to describe Uncle Vernon's face. So, um, so yeah, Thomason, you have to fashion some sort of thing out of this sheet, some chip clips, and the teal glitter jelly sandals. (laughs) That was a look. 
I think she can pull off, pull it off. If anyone can. Roll plus sharp. We're going to see how well you fold this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is the most important roll of my life. Uh, nine. So you kind of managed to do, like, those videos on the internet of someone turning a scarf into, like, an evening gown. I think she has the confidence of somebody who is absolutely pulling it off. But everybody else can see that it's not quite working. They can see the chip clips. <laughs> but her sure. confidence is what pulls it through. Yeah. yeah, you have it draped and you're using the chip clips as, like, at the the shoulders to, like, hold it where you would normally have decorative pins. <laughs> <laughs> and you found, like, a rhinestone belt in there that you have around it. This is, this is why I level up. This is just, this is, like, some Project Runway shit. <laughs> it is a make it work work moment so yeah you guys are dressed um are you taking any weaponry uh jimmy definitely takes his like little baton and sword thing that he can hook to his belt exactly thomason is her own weapon i hope it's her mind because there aren't a lot of pockets on that outfit <laughs> <laughs> i mean buddy's got his toothpicks in one of his pockets well you have your fanny pack on yeah. And your shorts. Yeah. Buddy lost no storage. <laughs> yes. The thing that ties Buddy's outfit all together is the fanny pack around the... <laughs> we look great, guys. So you guys are dressed. You're geared up. You guys uh, head up to the 13th level, which you can tell is the second to tallest. Um, so as you get further up, you notice that like things get nicer and nicer. Um, it was already like pretty pretty good when you were in the center floors, but as you get higher... Um, you can tell that that's where the rich peoples live. Uh, they, they, they know where the restaurant is and they drive up to it. But just as you're getting ready to parallel park, which I imagine is very difficult in a chariot. Um, well, Didn't you say they drive themselves, though? The it's still very hard to parallel park a chariot. <laughs> the chariot still struggles with it. Yeah. Technology hasn't gotten parallel parking down yet. <laughs> Isn't there a whole commercial with, like, Chris Evans and... John Krasinski, where the thing literally parks itself. Yeah, and they're all doing their native, yeah. They've invented a lot of cars throughout history that have parked themselves. Like, I think in the 40s or 50s, there was one that had a fifth wheel that just, like, came out of the trunk of the car, and it was like a, like, like, horizontal wheel. So you would kind of, like, nose into your parking spot, and then that wheel would lift the two back wheels off, and then it would just kind of, like, rotate your car into the parking spot. It broke a lot. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) So as you approach the restaurant, you are literally knocked back by an explosion that blows out the front windows and glass door of the storefront. Buddy breaks down in tears. (laughs) 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 He is just on his knees weeping. Is there a fart, though? Uh, uh, Yes, actually. As the explosion sounds, you hear a Thomas and to you very familiar elongated fart sound oh god (laughs) oh god well now (laughs) my mouth is very dry (laughs) just realized why that's important (laughs) (laughs) that was her butt dear Uh, and as the smoke begins to clear and the sirens and people screaming picks up um you see that a metal sign that's now dangling by one chain at the above the door has the same logo from the package that you received was someone trying to kill us was this a threat or am i just very (laughs) self-centered well i mean both things can be true I'm assuming that was also said out loud. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> just assume that unless I'm describing an action I am taking, whatever I'm saying is just Thomas's like stream of consciousness. Just, <laughs> just her absolute lack of filter. No internal monologue. <laughs> no. Uh, so Hector and Irene spring into action and like rush forward into the rubble to, you know, do their jobs. Um, uh, Buddy rushes in to see if he can save any of the food. <laughs> the food specifically? <laughs> yes. Um, so, buddy, as you run forward into this like cloud of, of marble dust and debris, you trip over something. And when you look down, you see it is the charred body of what was probably a well-dressed human man. 
Buddy apologizes. <laughs> and uh, did you guys follow him? Or are you still by the, the car? Uh, we probably followed him. Yeah, because okay. It's probably for the best that we always follow him. <laughs> Roll me uh, investigate a mystery. I lost. I'm just going to. Uh, eight. For me. Buddy is having an extremely lucid day. That's a 12. <laughs> 11. Oh, okay. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thomason, you are kind of fixated on the fact that there is a a, a body. Yeah, that's unpleasant. Um, but you also notice that there are two more on the street near it. I don't like that either. Um, another man and a woman. And, Jimmy, you can kind of tell by looking in through the, the broken window um, and through the people scrambling around uh, what the kind of point of explosion was which is a table that was sitting near the window, um, a large table that seated probably eight or nine people. Um, so, buddy, with your 12, you take a couple steps forward uh, to kind of get a better look inside the restaurant, and you feel something under your foot that deflates with a... Hopey cushion. And that's where we're going to end. <laughs> That's the cliffhanger. <laughs> Buddy turns around. It wasn't me. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's where we're going to end. Oh, fuck. How do we end these episodes? <laughs> um. Oh, oh, I start the thing. And um. I say that you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MonsterPodRPG. And you can find us on the interwebs at MonsterPod.Monster? Yes. All right. <laughs> And thanks to Lisa for our cover art. You can find her at Lisa Spiller on Patreon.com. Every time Travis says our web address, I forget that we made it our web address, and it's still so stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. Why do we do that? Uh, thank you to Gumbell for our theme song. Remember to rate, subscribe, review, and all of that. We will see you in uh, two weeks uh, for the Dose Weeks. Dose Weeks. This is a bi-weekly podcast, or sometimes once every three months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we will see you soon. Goodbye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Murder, mayhem, destruction of property. Wh what are you doing? It's the new ad for Afternoonified. I hear the kids these days like those things. Okay, but we talk about more than just murder and mayhem. I mean, we also do science, there's paranormal, history, other weird stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. Murder, mayhem, history. Science! Basic civics sometimes! Afternoonified releases wherever you get your podcasts every Wednesday on the Sobolo Media Network. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SobeloMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.